friends. My name is Dr. Jason Wiggins, and welcome to another podcast. I am your Generation Z and Millennial Experts. I hope everybody had a great weekend. And last week, we had our first full week of podcast. I would say overall, it went pretty well. A few hiccups. We're continuing to improve and look forward to continuing to move forward and improve on our daily podcast. And again, thank you very much for the listenership. We greatly appreciate it. And ultimately, we want to make sure that we can help you enjoy the ride, whatever, if you're in traffic, wherever you may be in the United States and abroad. We are now located on all the platforms from Stitcher, Spodcast, Apple, iTunes, TuneIn. We are almost on every single platform you can imagine. So we're excited to be here. And we want to make sure that we can provide you a quality production that focuses on Generation Z and Millennials. We want to focus on everybody that wants to learn about them and everyone that is in the group. So today, I'd like to talk about our overall purpose and drive and the concern of failures for Generation Z and Millennials. Currently, I am in the job hunt as well. Like millions of Americans, we are all going through many of the same issues. And the job hunt is hard. The struggle to find good jobs, to get final interviews, to get past all that and achieve a good job is extremely difficult at this time. I just today, I received a notification that they were going to move on, even though I was a finalist. Another job stated we're looking to get more information from you. It's looking real promising. But during this last three plus months that I have been off work, I had the great opportunity to finish my book. I've also started this podcast and, you know, looking for career opportunities. This is exciting. So let's utilize the time we have together and feel optimistic about what our future holds. Like millions of Americans across the U.S. and abroad, so many are out of a job, and there's so much stress, stress that affects everyone different. This leads to depression and anxiety. Life is full of failures. Don't get me wrong. Many great people have failed. Oprah Winfrey, she failed miserably and was demoted in her first job. The great Michael Jordan, number 23, Chicago Bulls. He failed by not even making it on the high school basketball team. Arguably one of the greatest basketball players, and he didn't even make the high school basketball team cut. And Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison, he knows he's well, he's, he's well known for, for light. But guess what? He failed on multiple innovations. He rarely ever slept. He rarely ever ate. And he failed on so many different occasions. What I'm trying to share with each and every one of you, we have all failed miserably. And I am no different. As you've noticed from past podcasts, and again, if you haven't caught on to the previous podcast, please review last week's. We had some great topics we discussed, including racism and injustice, and just to name a few other great podcasts that I think you'll find interesting. And I'm looking forward to sharing them with you. 
But my life has been full of failures. And I'd like to share, you know, especially if you think about millennials and Generation Z, many people think that they were just handed over things. They believe that they just received participation awards, points just for showing up. And there may be some truth to that. And maybe the, the value of failure is not there. But the crisis of the global pandemic is sharing a new output for everyone. Everybody has either almost lost their job, lost their job, received a demotion or a pay decrease, or has mental issues from that have led to divorce, uh, children being abused, drug increased, alcohol increased, whatever sort of bad habits may have increased. And there's been a lot of tension. But what I like today is, is to share, you know, some of my failures and how we can overcome that. And then at the end, I want to talk a little bit about how we can overcome failure. So I'd like to start out by, like I always mention, I want to be real. I want to be real to you and realize that we are all normal. I'm just not a podcaster. I want to be somebody that is authentic and you can trust. So from an early age, I was, and all kids, are taught to win. However, my experiences included so many failures that helped me appreciate the few wins that I've had. From a youthful age, I was too small, too dumb, and too talkative for my own good. I guess that's why I'm doing podcasts still. Boom, 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 boom. I lacked the athletic ability. I was awkward in all the ways possible. Uh, for example, I was in the third grade and I really enjoyed playing basketball and I thought I was going to be pretty good at it. Well, while playing basketball for, I think we called it the blue team, I managed to score two points the whole season. <laughs> I should say I scored two points for the other team. So embarrassing. My parents never wanted to watch me play basketball again after that. And really, who could blame them? Uh, maybe I was destined to failure. I, I had so many challenges growing up, and I thought maybe I'm just one of those guys that just is not going to catch a break. Uh, growing up, I was picked on. I was receiving, end up doing so many dumb activities that kids do. In most cases, I was lucky I didn't get caught. Or when I did, the punishment wasn't too harsh, thankfully. Uh, thank goodness for the lack of video surveillance back in the day. Or that could be another story and I could have been locked up for a long time. Who knows? As I continued to discuss my failures, I used to receive grades for achievement and the effort in grade school. Do you guys remember when you received report cards? I mean, this might be going beyond your time, but they used to have an effort column, an achievement column. And you always want your achievement column to be higher than your effort column. Because what this means is that the grades for effort were significantly higher than my grades for achievement. After, after years, I realized that the teacher was stating that I really, really tried hard but I wasn't smart enough to understand the material. I guess what I'm trying to say is I was just plain dumb. At that point, that's what I thought. Who, who would have known? Good thing I didn't figure that out until after I graduated. I would have felt really insecure. As failure included also being picked on, I came to understand that if I was going to make it through high school, 
I was going to have to defend myself for all the times I'm picked on. Again, this is different being picked on now compared to then. Generation Z and millennials have had the experience of cyberbullying. Fortunately, when I was growing up, they didn't have that. The way I decided to try to overcome this was I began to lift weights in the summer going into my eighth grade year. I believe I was probably benching a nice paltry 185 pounds in eighth grade, which I which was accomplished, or, you know, which was an accomplishment, I guess, or, or just plain luck or just a lot of effort. Uh, there are a few times when I was able to surpass my lack of perceived intelligence by mistakenly hitting the honor roll. And, and I used to think this must be a fluke. Maybe the teacher liked me and gave me a better grade than I deserved, but I didn't have the confidence. I continued to dream of winning, but it seemed like I just continued to lose in everything I tried. I was always trying hard. I lacked the athletic wherewithal in any conceivable way. I was 155 pounds of nothing, meaning weight. I would like I would have likely rode the bench my junior or senior year and collected dirt on my cleats from digging them into the ground, along with the dust on my hand from wiping the seat as I tried to play football. Again, I was scrawny and I was little and everybody was bigger than me. My junior year, I played varsity and mainly special teams. But for the most part, I continued to ride the bench, but I kept on lifting weights. I kept on really, really working hard. I even scored a touchdown because I fell on top of the football in the end zone. Hey, the good thing is I got my name in the paper and that was pretty neat. Uh, even when the dream of winning comes, it is sometimes better to be lucky than good. And by me landing on that football, I promise you, I was lucky rather than good. Besides trying to work hard on the athletic field, I really worked hard in the classroom during my senior year. As I dreamed about winning, I was failing geometry miserably while achieving a grade of 42%. When I say 42%, I'm not doubling that. It wasn't a B, it wasn't 84%. So I decided to transfer back to band. I played the most coolest instrument, the biggest instrument. Actually, I think the instrument was probably bigger than me. It was the tuba or sousaphone, or whatever they call it these days. I know, you laugh, I played the tuba. But I really wasn't skilled to play anything else. I couldn't play the trumpet. I couldn't play the saxophone. I surely couldn't play the drums. I suffered from somewhat lack of musical talent. I still played a little guitar, and I still do to this day. I'm just about average, maybe a little bit better, depending on what I play. But I had really no musical inclination back then, and with no athletic, you know, or no musical. Uh, my overall intellectual well-being. I was awkward in many, many ways. I desired to win, but it seemed like I'm always failing. But let's go back to the football because even my coach stated he thought I would never play football when he said he saw me as a scrawny freshman. Coach was right. So everybody in the team, so, you know, I like to joke that everybody on the team, team achieved injury by the third game of my senior season. So out of pure desperation, I think they pushed me out on the football field and I played defensive tackle. Remember, defensive tackle are people that weigh 250 plus pounds. Now I'm joking. Everybody didn't get hurt and that's not why I got to play.
but somehow the coach believed in me and I was able to play. And that was pretty exciting. And to this day, I'm extremely thankful that the coach put me in and gave me an opportunity. And, and that really reinforced my desire to be able to win. I also, I, re I wrestled my junior year and senior year. I don't remember if I won too many matches my junior year. In my senior year, I think I came out average, eight wins, eight losses, but I did pin somebody. Again, pinning somebody is where you pay, put them to the ground with their back shoulders onto the ground. And I was able to pin somebody within like the first minute. So I felt good about winning on something. So it seems like I have a little bit of athletic ability, but it was mainly due to working out and lifting weights. But what I want to really get to is how I failed miserably in going over my SAT score. My SAT score in high school was a 610. There was only two people better than me. And for those that have taken an, S, uh, an SAT, I think they give you like 500 for just writing your name. But after school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. So I decided, let's try to be a police officer. I'd like to maybe help people. And I was on the police force for two, three years. And I basically was a reserve. And as a reserve, we would go check out a car. We went through the whole academy like everybody else. But the only difference is you do not get paid. But I got a chance to enjoy myself, carry a gun. But I failed miserably. I opened my mouth. Imagine that. I'm doing podcasts now. But I opened my mouth and basically I was getting a haircut. And while I was getting a haircut, I said, you know, the great thing about being a police officer is you can do anything you want. <laughs> well, guess what? Uh, there's no truth to that, of course, if you're a good police officer. But the bad thing about that was the city councilman of the jurisdiction I worked for happened to be getting their haircut at the same time. And they overheard. So it was funny, not so much funny back then, but it's funny now that while I was out on patrol a few days later, I hear somebody over a dispatch was 61. And I go, was 61 to dispatch? And they stayed back. Will you come to the office as soon as you can, please? And I went, oh my Lord. I knew what this was about. And safe to say, I was suspended for six months. And this was just another failure on my belt. And I thought to myself, what am I going to do? I want to get back to being a police officer. I know I can be good at it. And after six months, they, they welcomed me back with open arms. I'm like, this is great. So I had to go and take all the testing over again. The physical test, the, the test for the exams to, to make sure I didn't forget anything. Then I had to take the, the guns test. Well, since I left, they revamped how they measured the accuracy and how well we do shooting the gun. So now, instead of, uh, they basically obstacles uh, that were just standing still, you would just look around the post and you would shoot and try to hit the target. They started doing stationary, meaning I had to go from one location to one location and fire on the move. Well, let's, long story short, I couldn't do it. I couldn't pass. After about five times trying to pass the gun test, I finally said, you know what? 
I think it's finally stated to me, it's been assured that I should not be a police officer. So I decided to go back to college. I went back to college. I finished community college, went on to Washington State University, and everything was going great. I was in a great relationship. I was taking some classes I enjoyed. I was even promoted to vice president of the student body, uh, which was awesome. Uh, so this was another exciting part. So again, things are moving in the right direction for me. I failed so many times, but something else was really neat. And so I went to Washington State. I was a student body vice president. I was promoted from the Senate of the government there. And then I decided I wanted to go after my MBA. And to get your MBA at Washington State University, you have to take what they call a GMAT test. Now, a GMAT test is a technical, is a technical kind of review of what you know and to see how where you stand within the other folks that are trying to go to obtain an MBA. And a lot of MBA business schools need this and require this. Long story short, two or three times, I could not pass it. What was I to do? I was at a crossroads. I'm either going to fail miserably at something again, or I got to take a different approach. I decided to find a different university that did not require the GMAT that was accredited and I could do well. Fortunately, I was able to graduate from business school and achieve my goal of, of, of having an MBA. And then if that wasn't enough, I decided to continue on and get my PhD. Now, when I got my PhD, there was lots of obstacles in the way. I had like three or four chairs over that are that are the part of the committee to the dissertation committee and oversee your PhD journey. And so, about my fourth one, he was great, uh, one of the best guys you could have as a dissertation chair. His name is Dr. McCollum, and I'm, I'm very appreciative of everything he did. Uh, he believed in me. So now I achieved my PhD status. And as you know, I, I'm now Dr. Williams, but I failed miserably so many times before I achieved. So my life has been full of failures. I've had a little luck along the way. If you really wanna get somewhere as Generation Z and millennials, you have to have a little luck, but you have to be resilient. You have to overcome all your failures. And, and one of the things to overcome your failures is being resilient and having a mindset, a mindset that enables you to envision success past the failure. There are so many times where I broke down and cried either in my current wife's arms or an ex-girlfriend's arms. And so I share this with you because I'm still failing. I still haven't found a job. I have 50 plus listeners to my eighth podcast. By the way, this is episode number eight, and I am so grateful for everybody that is listening. I hope this I, this podcast is a success, but you know what? Success doesn't define me. Failure doesn't define me, but as Generation Z and Millennials, what does define you is being resilient. You are the most resilient uh, generations, and everything you can do is going to enable you through your resilience and to be able to overcome the pandemic, the lack of jobs. Everybody knows that you guys are going to be the most resilient 
and overall greatest generation. So if you have any doubts for a quick second that you cannot overcome failure, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Uh, I'll continue to share my experiences on future podcasts as well. But again, as we recap, we talked about the, the possibility of you know me being out of a job for a long for a long period of time. Currently, I'm going on three months, and you know it's just something that I'm going to overcome. A great job is going to land my way, just like something great is going to land for you. So thank you again for listening to today's podcast. I'm so excited to have a podcast again each and every day this week. So please uh, listen to us Monday through Friday. And again, we are going to have podcasts every day. We are going to have an exciting podcast that's raw, that's emotional, and that's going to really, really bring the excitement and what we can achieve together. Again, thank you very much, everybody. Again, thank you for listening to episode eight. By the way, if I didn't mention it earlier, today is the last day of August. It is August 31st, Monday, 2020. Thank you very much. And we'll talk again to you soon. Thank you, friends. Take care. Bye-bye.